Move and good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Pink Tron. We'll start off with, as we start off every Pink Tron, with our introductions and Kesarange. What are you drinking? Um, I'm uh, drinking uh, something else than I usually do. Um, normally, I have a glass of wine or a bottle, uh, to be honest. And uh, today, I have a beer. And I have a traditional um, autumn-like beer. It's called uh, Bock beer. And it's a, a kind of red, dark brown beer. Oh, that's and good. It, it's very, very nice. And we only can drink it in October and November. Very nice. That's, yeah, good the color point. of that is amazing. And that bottle shape is kind of cool, too. I love it. All right, what's this all? So it's Chris Greenland. Chris Greenland, what are you drinking? Honestly, I, um, there's no name for it. It's some mixed up um, old stock of Maker's Mark of different age statements. Like it's not it's not something that's available. It's just kind of an infinity bottle from a friend of mine. They just blended a bunch of stuff together and it's pretty tasty. So it's Maker's Mark uh, whiskey, bourbon. Cool, cool. And our very special Tronversations guest for the evening, Alan Richardson. Alan, what are you drinking? Um, well... I'm I'm a gluten intolerant vegetarian, so I my drink is cider. So I'm drinking um, a libertine cider from Hogan's, which is a a local cider maker, and very nice it is too. Very good, very good. And I am drinking a Barolo yes. case. It is actually a Kirkland Signature Barolo. So for those in North America, will know that this is like from. Uh, Costco so it's not small or local or anything like that but my friend who's like a bit of an amateur Samoya had a wine tasting a couple of weeks ago had this one and it was delicious and I was like I'm picking up a bottle of Barolo to drink on Pinktron with Cash. I didn't know Kirkland made a Barolo I'm going to keep an eye out for that yeah it's quite nice so I'm proud Brent I'm proud <laughs> it's delicious I I'm really enjoying it all right so uh let's start off we'll start off just we're doing conversations, but I know Alan and I both just did a race one of HWR this week. Um, the always pleasant KOM with the finish. Uh, how is your race one at HWR this week, Alan? Uh, surprisingly good, actually. I have to say, I really don't like that hill. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I got 16th, which is um, surprisingly my best ever HWR placing. So please, really, it went pretty well. The secret for me was I didn't fall asleep in the middle and end up, you know, in the wrong gear doing 150 watts through the castle. Hmm. Um, I managed to twig that I needed to change gear occasionally and uh, keep the pressure on. Did you have yeah. like a group or something that you were trying to race with or hang on to or just set the power and hold no, it? No, no. There were a couple of people up the road that I was chasing and I was keeping an eye on the people behind me, but I was pretty much by myself, um, which is, you know, I like, I like time trial. So that suited me really. Um, awesome. Yeah. I, I stuck the front group till about the village or through the village before the castle. And then, Tried to pace from there and ended up getting caught by a couple of people behind. Got 12th, I think. So I know I found you and I was like, oh, Alan had a good time. He's right right behind me. So nicely yeah. done. 
Nicely. I went, I went full climber as well. Yeah, me too. I was on Athos with millies. Mm. I didn't use the millies. I used the NB 3.4s mm. just to give me a little bit, make sure I could stay in the group up to the hill. Yeah. It was like, that was an unnecessarily spicy start. Like, I didn't have a very good warm up, so maybe that was me, but I was like, what are you idiots doing? Yeah, out the side of sprinting <laughs> off the line. <laughs> I, we were at 52 kilometers an hour, like coming down the, the little, like the flat bit before you hang the left over to the ocean. I'm like, what is happening yeah, right now? <laughs> what a bunch of donkeys. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, good luck to everybody in HDR race one. Um, I guess uh, we like to start off, I guess, some of these uh, conversations by asking, like, b- before you found Zwift, before you found e-cycling, did you, were you a cycling person? Did you like cycling before? Uh, yeah, yeah. I've, I've always ridden the bike, obviously. Um, so, and it's probably only recently that I've described myself as a cyclist. Um, but I started, I think, 2000, really. Uh, a mate of mine did um, a local, not a, a UK long distance route um, from coast to coast, and I thought, oh, I fancy that I could do that. So I set off on some beat up old mountain bike, and um, I got across. But being an idiot, I decided I'd cycle back again. Um, and I got about halfway back before I just sort of caught the train. Um, <laughs> Um, but despite despite uh, not sleeping for about three days because I was, was all whirling around in my head and I couldn't sleep, um, I was sort of hooked. Um, and then I got myself a decent bike, uh, but uh, a hybrid, um, and started commuting and doing long distance stuff on that. Um, and then I didn't actually get a road bike until 2010, somewhere around there. And I got this, um, a, a Trek uh, 1.5 2009 model, which is white with um, metallic lime green. It's absolutely disgusting color. I think that um, sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah. you know, it's the 2009 Trek. It's, it's, it's hideous, really. Um, <laughs> but um, I started riding around on that. Started to think of myself as a cyclist rather than somebody who just rode a bike. Um, and it sort of went from there. I, I in 2016, uh, my wife was treated for breast cancer, and I decided I wouldn't at that point go out cycling, I would stay in. And I I had an old exercise bike. Um, I cycled on that, must have been through the Olympics. I was probably watching the Olympics and pedaling away, you know. And I decided, oh God, this is boring. (laughs) And I think probably early 2017, somebody, um, I decided to buy a turbo. I, I bought myself a, a dumb trainer with a, a speed sensor. Um, and I spent a year riding, it was an Elite, and I spent a year riding on Elite's app on an iPad. 
and that was boring as well. Um, <laughs> but it was basically their, uh, their films from somebody's dashboard um, or somebody's handlebars, and you just and you pass the same person in the same place every time you go up this this hill. And on a dumb train, there was no feel for the hill or anything like that, so you just pedaled away like that. I got fed up with that. And then a friend from the local cycling club, which I was a member of, um, said, have you seen this thing called Zwift? And they'd had a, a, a go on it, and they were riding it. And um, I got one, I got the, the test. You know, I did you know, the free introduction, and you get about 12 kilometres or something. And um, so I, I set that up. I configured my speed sensor incorrectly. I, I went through downtown about 80 miles an hour, <laughs> um, you know, sort of 10,000 watts or something. And so I used up most of it, most of my allowance. <laughs> <laughs> Seven second test. <laughs> and, and, I, I want. I got all sorts of power badges and, and everything, which I still have. Uh, but once I'd sorted that out, uh, <laughs> realized I didn't. Uh, I, I realized I didn't go that quick. Obviously, um, I decided that I would actually start paying for it, um, and that was so. That was two thousand and eighteen. I actually signed up, and I think January two thousand and eighteen. So early. Um, and I sort of, I did the usual, I, I did solo rides um, and probably around the same time, I was getting a bit fed up with my club, my local club, because I was in the unfortunate position of not being quick enough to go with the quick boys, but being the quickest of the remainder. Um, and I got sick of waiting at the top of every hill for 20 minutes while you know, people dragged themselves up after me. Um, so basically I, I transferred more and more time to Swift and spent less and less riding with my, my mates. Um, and then COVID came. Um, and I eventually managed to buy a smart trainer, um, which, <laughs> which revolutionized things. I think my FTP went from about 200 to about 240 overnight, um, just because I could push against the resistance. Yep. Uh, on the dumb trainer, you're spinning against not a lot of um, resistance. So my, that went through the roof. Um, and I think what, what finally brought me to the herd was I did the, um, the academy last year, the 2021 academy. Um, and I came out of that, it told me I was an all-rounder, but I thought, uh, I, I fancy time trial. Um, and I'd noticed while I was on the... Um, on the academy rides with all these silly buggers mooing to each other and <laughs> <laughs> sorry I about thought... that <laughs> <laughs> and i thought oh well you know they seem happy so let's give them a try um, <laughs> um and 
signed up, did a did a stampede first. Yeah. Got involved in a team time trial. Um and gone from there. I mean really TT focused, but I've done started doing a few more races as well. Um, which I always thought I was gonna be rubbish at, but it turns out there's people who are even more rubbish than me. So that's that's good. Yeah, good, good. So um do you do outdoor TTs now too? Do you have like a full arrow kit? No. Uh. <laughs> I've got I've got an old um, touring bike, mm. which is which is steel. It's really really heavy, and it just staggers me how I. I mean, I've got them hung up, and I nearly rupture myself getting it down. <laughs> but I've got. Um, my old trek is the one that's now on the trainer. That's permanently on the trainer, and um, and I had the um, the components changed, so that's now that's a ten speed Tiagra setup. Um, I've got a winter bike, which is a, an Oro, which is a British brand, which is a carbon one hundred and five, but it's a gravel sort of setup, so I've got plenty of room for uh, mud guards or fenders, what you want to call them. Um, and then I've got an old Bayer, which is my summer bike, which is gorgeous. And I would probably have in the bedroom if the wife would let me. But um, So that currently is um, it's just, just been serviced and come back so it had a broken crank. I just got it back this morning um, and waiting for some good weather so I can actually ride it before winter closes me down completely is there any good weather on the horizon for you or no <laughs> well we've got really typical crappy british weather at the moment it's i think it was forecast to be 19 degrees that's celsius obviously today so which is i mean if we get 20 degrees here that's shorts and you know sun cream weather um, so to get 19 in in november is astonishing but it's windy and it's damp. Um, yeah. So it's pretty, I, I rode outside yesterday and it wasn't a great day for riding. Um, you so, with, your, uh, with your cycling club since you've logged all this time on Zwift and all these TT <laughs> kilometers. Yeah, yeah, I've ridden with them just, I haven't ridden with them much this year. And I, when I do, I get comments like, what are you doing here? Have you got a power cut or something like that? <laughs> um, but um, I do ride outside every week. Uh, there's a lady across the road who is uh, a decent cyclist who I ride with on Thursdays. And uh, that's part of my, part of what I do now. I, I've tried to, I had a bit of a problem in the summer in that I tried to do everything and ended up not doing anything properly. So I, I tried to be a bit stricter on myself and to limit myself to um, just so many rides a week and um, you know some, some, tra some training, some TT and uh, HWR as well. So I think I do five days a week currently. Yeah, that's a, that 
trying to do everything and doing nothing well is a real yeah i think especially us herds with people we get into that i know i'm sure that's something that i'm just, i don't want to say struggled with because like i'm not going to the olympics or nothing so if i'm fit i'm fit and who cares if i earn extra 20 watts or not but you know you could you could make more gains with a little more structure i'm sure yeah and, and i'm trying to do daft things like riding um, zrl back to back the two different teams <laughs> i couldn't possibly know what you're talking about al <laughs> I was watching. I was watching that chat. I was thinking, "Oh God, should I say I'm available?" Uh, <laughs> you jumped out. Thank God for that. Did you Did you race in the Mule Palomino, or I can't remember the second team is a race with the mules is. No, I didn't race this week. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was so funny because I averaged like I, I don't know if you saw that, but I averaged eight watts more in the second race than the first race, but I was dropped, and yeah. I think that's because I was dropped. I had to chase in the yeah no draft between aqueduct and um like the climb and so there was like a group like kind of like 12 seconds in front of us off the aqueduct that me and this other group were chasing but when i say the group that i was with was chasing it was i would go to the front and take a pull and recover and then pull and recover and no one else would ever take a pull (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think they had i think they had teammates up the road but it's always my one gripe with zwift is like there's no like I mean, I guess I could try to like chat with them, but then the guys at the road will hear it. So it's like, you know, you just want to be able to lean over and be like, freaking take a pull, you donkey. Yeah. What's what's the riding weather like this time of year in the Netherlands, Gash? Are, are you, could you go outside should the mood strike you? Uh, yeah, uh, the the weather here is uh, uh, quite, quite good uh, as well for uh, for autumn. Uh, so it gives uh, opportunity to to ride outside, and uh, I usually uh, in the during the week and, and also during the weekend I um, I'm um, at uh, Swift, but I also try to uh, ride outside one time a week uh, to uh, to uh, to to get my uh, my other bike. I've 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 a dedicated bike for uh, Swift as well, and uh, another bike uh, that I let out uh, once a week if the weather is good. And Chris lives in the perennial land of sunshine and rainbows. So, well, let me stop you right there because it sounds like everybody's stealing our heat. We've got a, a metric century tomorrow that a bunch of herders are descending on San Diego to do. And it's going to be, I mean, let's convert. It'll probably be, I mean, high 40s, low 50s to start. So, ten, what's that, 10, 10, 11 degree range tomorrow? Maybe getting up to, the 19 that Alan was talking about, but yeah, it's not actually warmer. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be warmer. Where we should just take the ride over to the UK. It sounds like, or the Netherlands. It's but probably it not raining in San Diego. Diego. <laughs> but, yeah, so that's the reason why you why you're wearing a warm vest. Yeah, <laughs> I got my my cold weather gear on. It's not it's not okay. Two feet of snow in my backyard, Chris. I'll have no complaining about the weather. <laughs> so, um, when you so you joined the herd, did you do a bunch of herd, like the herd group riding stuff too, Alan, or you're mostly into the herd racing stuff? I did one group ride to get my shirt. <laughs> I, I think I've done about six total in two and a half years on the herd. No, just just the one. 
and it went through the jungle. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, <laughs> there are some good quick ones like the bull run and uh, yeah, yeah. There's another quick one like on a Tuesday or a Thursday morning. I can't remember what it's called. Like Tuesday, the herd gallops. The herd gallops. That's the yeah, one. That's yeah, one. yeah. Those ones are pretty good. I, I know the sit and spin and rest and relax or rest and recover ones are a little, I mean, they're lovely. The people are lovely, but they're even a little too pedestrian for even my recovery pace, frankly. <laughs> yeah. I did a CMS ride once, which are uh, uh, bits and pieces or uh, an odds and sods thing, and got dropped. So oh. <laughs> I wouldn't ride with that again. Um, but uh, that, that was that was a box or um, Leith Hill, one of those London hills, mm. just got completely dropped on the hill. And then is. Uh... What's, is Stampede still your favorite Zwift or let's say herd series or do you have other herd series that you enjoy? Um, no, uh, Stampede is my favorite. I, yeah. I just love hurting myself and that's a really great opportunity to, to you, you can set off and you can start, start hurting in the first few minutes of um, Stampede and just keep on hurting yourself for another 20 minutes. It's, it's wonderful. Um, <laughs> I um, I just I've just seen the new uh, the new courses for the uh, for the new series. That's uh, that's going to be interesting. I love the back to back idea. I love that. Oh, good. Well, some. I mean, I was worried that people were going to be too keen on that because of the um, uh, the sameness, right? Like I just did this last week, but I think it's a good way to like test yourself, but with a little twist. Hopefully, I don't know. I saw. Our friend from Zwift was giving me a little grief in the comments, <laughs> but I, I yeah. think it's I think it's good, right? You do it once on gravel. Can you do it faster on mountain? Can you do it faster on? Well, exactly, because that is the question I had with, with the um, the stampede we had a few weeks ago, where we had to change bikes to go through the jungle. Mm. If you've got if you've got your disc wheels on for the first bit, when you change the gravel bike. You just get the Zwift wheels on your gravel bike, don't you? Yep. I think so. So unless you're going to change your wheels as well, you're going to ride your gravel bike on your on the Zwift wheels. And I'm not convinced that that is quicker than a mountain bike. So that will be really interesting to to see what the times are like. But I presume if people are forced onto a gravel bike, can they change the wheels, or will they be forced onto the wheels as well? So I, I well, I took from. Our friend from Zwift's comment that you could force the wheels on, but I could be mistaken about that. I know TJ was under the impression that you you can't prescribe wheels, so yeah. I guess we'll see. I yeah. saw a little bit of this chatter, but would you mind backing it up and explaining it to me? So we 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 just released the Stampede routes and. Yeah. Um, for for six of the 12 races they're we're going to do like a back-to-back um like the same route but then we're going to force the equipment so one of them is a hill climb it's basically london loop reverse so from the london pens to the top of leith hill and one week we're going to force you onto a tt bike and next week we're going to force you onto a um a climbing setup a special ethos 
but the okay. question is, is whether we can force like disc wheels on or force like lightweight climbers. And then same thing, we're going to do serpentine eight back-to-back weeks, one week on a mountain bike, one week on a gravel bike. And then the other match setup we have is not an equipment match, but we're going to do Tempest Fuge at 16.1. So a flat 16.1, a 10 mile TT one week with the normal TT setup. And the other week we're going to try and turn the HUD off and do mass start so that you, um, you know, change it up. What can you go faster than your TT set, you know, pure against yourself. If you just turn the HUD off and try and race, you know, seeing the other fast racers on the course. So that's the thing. Um, so the question is, is whether or not you can, we can force the wheels onto the bikes too, or whether we're just going to be stuck, um, with like a bike and then our random wheel set or a Zwift wheel set. Got it. And then for that purpose, what constitutes the HUD? Is it everything on screen display? Or are you just riding around like as a free ride on like no numbers visible anywhere? Okay. That's how I understand no HUD. Yes. Oh, I, I thought that was probably no TT HUD and you get the, the standard. But maybe no. not, yeah. I think it's no HUD, no, you don't get distance, okay. you don't get power, you don't get speed, you get, it's just oh, you doing, watching the other guy. Which I think, you know, and the interesting thing, of course, is that if it's, it's mass start, so you can see the other riders around you. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you can like tell if they're going faster or slower, but you know, you can't tell if you're about to blow up other than your own um, feel. I'm a bit weird, I love Tempest Fugit. Uh, <laughs> I know a lot of people go, but, um, I mean, it's a, it's the, it's the flat route, right? I mean, everybody needs a, every part of the world needs a flat route. I just wish sometimes we had some, a couple other ones that were different scenery. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah, it'd be fun if you did a third one that was the TT module, no HUD. And that way you're just totally flying blind. You don't know where anybody is it's literally yeah. against you. I'm not going to do any of them, mind you, but that would be interesting. <laughs> but outside looking in. Yeah. <laughs> it's something Alan would enjoy. I, I'm thinking of him. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 problem, the problem with, with saying, you know, I, I do TT, and then you get beaten by somebody who doesn't do TT, you know, when, they, when it's part of uh, the club championships or something like that, that rankles <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> wow. I, I mean... I think if you're getting beat by someone who doesn't do a regular TT in a TT, it means that they're just stronger. Like there's, there's nothing you can do about it. Like if you do them all the time, you get better at maximizing your uh, potential, I'll say. Yeah. yeah. But I, I do think, um, I mean, if we can talk a little more of the roots, I do think Dan, I think it was Dan Stone at a good point about like, if you're going to be, for me, it was saying like, if you're going to be switching the distances up all the time, you got to maybe put the mass start in so we can see the end line. Cause otherwise nobody knows where the end lines are of these routes. It is, it is a thing actually, because when you're absolutely finished at the end, you can't calculate how far you are from the end. <laughs> you know, right, so it's 17.6 and that's there, 16.4. Oh, I can't work it out anymore. You know, it's. Yeah. Well, and people like, especially, I mean, I, like I do the posts and I know that there's probably a dozen people that read the posts every week and know what's going on for the race. But I know there's probably at least a dozen more people who just click on stampede, <laughs> show up and are like, I have no idea what's happening right now. So yeah, that was, that was my, um, my one appearance in the bullseye, which oh. the three of us entered in 
and I was the only one who knew the rules. And it was on Dutchy Estate, and I think it was five laps. And I rolled over the over the sprint line ahead of the others. Nobody sprinted. Uh, and I just rolled over in front of them each time. <laughs> and they led me around the rest of the lap. And then I just popped in front of the sprint. And then on the last lap, I'd already won the race. And on the last lap, they all went off, you know, helpful leather or something. And I just scrambled along behind them. And I'm sure <laughs> to this day, they still think they won that race. <laughs> that sounds like the best bullseye ever. <laughs> I yeah. I tried I tried Kleiner's Gambit to answer your other question about which ones have I ridden. I did the first two ever that um, James set up, and I came second in both of them. Um, but when I went through the results, I was actually something like 44th quickest on, um, I think it was, it was Lee Phil again, wasn't it? Um, but it just happened that in my race, I came second. And I thought, I just felt that was a bit stupid. Um, <laughs> completely outclassed by all these people who were getting, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh, tenth position. And I'd come up with second. Um, I didn't feel right about that somehow. So, uh, and besides, I, I don't like going uphill. Had you come second, like on the road, or like you had the second fastest time through the segment? The second fastest time, I actually oh. got second in my in my heat, uh, because it's done done on a heat basis. I got yeah. the uh, the ninety nine points or whatever it is, but there were like another forty three people who are quicker than me in the other in the other heats. So, yeah, that's a funny one. I've. In a perfect world, we have that judged across all heats, but that's going to take, kind of like with Stampede, it's going to take WTRL involvement to pull that mm. out and rank it. So uh, I've talked about it. It doesn't seem likely to happen anytime soon, if at all. But I agree that would be a, a nice fix. All right. Good. So um, I know you and I race together in ZRL. Alan, how did you find... Uh, ZRL, or how'd you get into that part of racing with her? Um, God knows how I got into that. <laughs> I at the time I I signed up for ZRL, I hadn't done a race. I'd only done TT and and oh. team time trial. And I when I signed up for it, I thought, oh God, what have I done here? And I very very quickly. Did a few winter racing uh, events, um, and I think through that first season of the B days, I was I was petrified basically. I <laughs> and I, I sort of rationalised it and said, "Okay, okay, I can just time trial my way through this. Basically, I'll I'll hang on as long as I can at the back, and then I'll just TT to the end." Um, but surprisingly quickly, um, I sort of picked up what it was all about. And my first race was almost a disaster. I mean, my internet kept cutting out. But fortunately, uh, it came back before the finish. Uh, so my finish place counted. 
but that was the one where um, Freddie disappeared seconds into the race uh, when uh, her son fused the, the house. Um, I so by the second race, which I think was Classic, I, I seem to remember, um, I'd more or less started to get the hang of it. I was hanging on the back, and I know you helped, you dangled off the back and helped me back in a couple of times. Yeah. Um, yep. um, and in the end, I got separated with you know, the, 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 all the fast boys sort of pulled away from me, and there was a group behind, and they were all clearly going to catch me. And I sat up and waited for him. And I thought this was a really intelligent thing for me to do. Because uh, <laughs> I'd seen it on the telly. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that, that worked out fine because actually I got that bit of rest while they caught up to me. And then I just sat on and uh, beat them in the sprint, which was a bit of a revelation to me because I was convinced that I couldn't sprint. Um, and I'm not a great sprinter, but I found that if, if you time it right, you can you can cause a bit of damage. Uh, and from then on, it was fine. I was I was a bit miffed that I hadn't scored any points other than finishing points in that season of the B days. Mm. And I sort of thought that through after the season. And um, when I so I jumped into the Shetlands the, the following season. There'd been a couple of there'd been a couple of races already, and I think they were short. And Adrian put um, a message out saying they were short, and I, I volunteered. And at first race, I got some sprint points. Uh, I was like, "Whoa, it is good." And then. The next one, I think, I was back in um, Neokio for that, and I just, I just did what Chris did basically, uh, and just followed him around in a, in the front group, and that was that was great because that was that was the most uh, probably still is the most points I've ever scored in a race. Um, and just took it from took it from there, and then I I, I did Shetland's last season. And then I made the excuse that I was going to concentrate on TT this this season, which is mainly true, mainly true. But partly, I want to see what I can get my FTP up to. Um, and there was a little bit of in the back of my head that says, could I squeak into A? I don't think I can. But I'm willing to give it a give it a shot, see if I can get a. Ooh. So, what sort of training plan do you have yourself on? To <laughs> yeah, that would be good, wouldn't it? If I had a training plan, <laughs> <laughs> cider. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I really need to get my my act together and get myself on a proper. I've, I've dabbled with two or three. And the problem, the problem I had, I took part and there's a guy called Gui Mata, uh, who, do you, do you remember I did the beetroot trial, Brent? Yes, that I do remember. Yeah, I did the beetroot, <laughs> which, um, uh, well, 
at the end of this this year, he was doing another study, and it was um, the effect of an opponent in time trial. So what mm. you do, you do a you do a time trial just to check that you know what you're doing. Then you do a time trial in best efforts. This is all on Tempest Fugit. Twenty minutes flat out on Tempest Fugit, and I was sort of coming back after having the summer my. My FTP was down at about 260 something. Um, so in that first event, I, I bumped it up to a, just below 290, I think. And then it, I got some guy from South Africa that I had to race against. And in that, I bumped my FTP up over the 300 mark. And, and that, that has caused me problems because <laughs> Because now when I do workouts, I'm really, really struggling on the workouts. I think that was a bit of a one-off. <laughs> Mine is but, still set when I could do like a 3.30, 20 minutes. So I know when I do the workouts, there's lots of times that 95% bias figure has to come out for me to get through. I, I, I found that button. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, so at the moment, struggling with the workouts a bit because my FTP is so high. Um, so I'm waiting to hear the results of that, but, but obviously um, I, I performed really well in that one. And, and that was a mass, two person start. It was in a meetup. So it doesn't show on my figures. Mm. Um, and my, the second one was actually against uh, Johan Nielsen, um, who again, I'd raced with in the Shetlands. Mm-hmm. And um, we had a really close race there. And and in the stampede, look at our results in the stampede. Sometimes he's a place or two ahead of me, and sometimes I'm a place of two ahead of him. And uh, so that was a really close race, and it, it went right down to the last last minute, less probably less than that, last thirty seconds of that race. But, um, and this is, this is one of the things we're we're talking about the the new stampede format. This is one of the reasons I, I said about it's going to change it into an HWR race because I got the feeling that me and me and Jan, we didn't want to push on too early in that time trial because we were racing each other rather than time trialing. <laughs> and I, I think Mass Start is probably going to do that. People are going to know who they're close to. They're going to race alongside those guys and then I'll come down to a, a last minute sprint because nobody will want to go off and blow up and, and get pulled back in by everyone. Yeah. I don't know. I could be wrong, but that's my, my, I, my I mean, I can see that. Although I'll say that, that if they're doing that, they're, they're, they're definitely a, they could win anyway. Right. Like the, like bike racing only works that way where you sit in the group and then sprint because of the draft. When, as soon as you turn the draft, draft off, your, yeah, yeah. your fastest time to the end is to like max out your speed, right? Like to, yeah. to hit that whatever pace you can hit for 20 minutes and to sit on it until like you literally can't pedal anymore <laughs> or whatever the distance is. So if you're, if you have like a, that much sprint to beat some at the end, you probably should have just done a little bit less. Yeah, maybe so. And, and it's, it's, judging is, it, is hard, isn't it? So that, when you go over the line, that's it. You are 
you're dead, basically. Yeah, and that's where I always like when I do the mass start ones, is I always like I'm trying to like watch a guy like Kev Fowler who's you know got about 20 watts more and was a little heavier, but you know, he finishes like 30 seconds to a minute on like a 20 or 30k TT in front of me, and I just try and hold his wheel until I die. <laughs> and usually I die. Yeah. So do you do any TT stuff, Cage? Uh, no, not 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 uh, uh, as uh, fanatically as uh, Alan does. Uh, I do uh, the, the the TTs uh, in uh, HSRL if there are, and uh, and I did one uh, during uh, the club championships. And uh, well, normally uh, when the, the the course is uh, quite flat, uh, I, I really enjoy it. But uh, and the time trial on uh, uh, accidented uh, area with climbs. It isn't my cup of tea. Yeah, it, it, it destroys your rhythm. Yeah. I, I, I struggle on hilly, hilly ones. Yeah, I don't mind a little bit of hill just because there is a little bit of tactics to how to go a little bit up, how to go a little under, how to find the rhythm and stuff. But yeah, the ones that are like the climbers gambery type ones, I'm like, this sucks. <laughs> No, that's not true. <laughs> no, I, I was looking forward to the um, the Ventop downhill. Fingers I, are I, still I, crossed. That if we ever get confirmation from our friend in Zwift support that that we can do it, we'll put it in somewhere because I do think that would be good fun. I would even take like one that could turn around. Like I'd even take like one that could go 10k up and 10k down. I would take that, but I don't. There's no way to like, you know, put a forced turn in. No. Yeah. I'd, I'd prepped for that one. I'd, I'd worked out, I'd, I bought the heaviest uh, TP bike out there, the Trek. And I was going to ride. <laughs> I was going to ride. That was going to be my secret weapon. Uh, and I toyed with the idea of going to zero trainer difficulty. Because on a downhill, you could still push. And, and that's part of the problem on the downhill section is getting the power on the pedals. I figured if I set the trainer difficulty to zero, I would feel no benefit from the hill. My avatar would get it, but I wouldn't. So I, I'd be doing Tempest Fugit. My avatar would be going down, so eight, eight, nine, 10%. I reckon that, that might be a good cheat. Did you do Did you do the Alp one that we did the year, the season before? The 32.2 on Alp or 32-ish on Alp? Uh, yeah, I can't, I can't remember. I don't think I did because it was because that one was like up and all the way back down on Alp. That was the race, and yeah. I mean that was the same thing. Although of course, I think the play was to swap right to to so, light climber up, swap, and then TT it back down because I think you could make up the ten seconds on the descent if you can swap fast enough. Oh yeah, yeah I think so. I, I don't. I can't remember if I did that. I, I definitely as, did it. it was as, a trial, as a trial for me, the, the problem I have on hills is when the gradient changes, I'm, I'm zoned out and my watts drop off on, on, on the bends and things like that. Um, and by the time I've realised it's too late, I've lost all my speed. And so I tried going up uh, the Alp in, on zero difficulty. Zero trainer difficulty, and I took 
something like seven minutes off my PB. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, and my PB was actually an abandoned ride and I'd been dragged up the hill by some of my mates. Um, so I was, it really made a big difference. And that, I think that was solely on gradient changes. But I think it's cheating, so I don't do it competitively. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm like 50% normally. Yeah, I, th I think I've got mine set currently to about 40. I've uh, I've broken three shifter cables in the last year and a half or two years or whatever on Zwift, so I figure that's enough shifting. <laughs> <laughs> is your uh, is your Tiagra setup is that pretty reliable? Do you ever have any issues with it on indoor stuff? No, it's uh, it's not bad. Um, only trouble I've had with it is when I um, I, I had to clean it which I occasionally have to do, I put the wheel back on because uh, I don't want to get fluid in on a trainer. And when I was when I did that, I actually um, somehow managed to get one of the spacers off, <laughs> off my... Uh, I took my cassette off as well. Mm -hmm. And I took one of the spacers off and didn't put it back on. So uh, my, my gears were all rumbling and clunking and things for a while until I worked out what was, what was wrong. Uh, but yeah, generally, it's pretty good. I've not had to do a right lot with it. Just had fingers crossed. Do you, have, do you have pretty similar gearing between your trainer bike and your, say, Orbea? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got that's a, an Ultegra, so that's 11 speed, but the top and bottom of the range is the same. Okay. And uh, they're both compact setups, so nice. the gear range is the same, even if the gears aren't quite. Sure. That's good. At least you can feel like the top and bottom being yeah. the same indoor versus out. Yeah. That really helps. And I don't, you don't really notice a huge difference. I, I don't. Yeah. Thanks. Are you uh, planning to take all this TT fitness out on the road this next summer coming up? Like you train through the winter and then you get out for a big ride or anything in the summer? Uh, yeah. What I did last year is I got, I got things wrong with um, indoor and out, outdoor thing, but I did a few outdoor sporties. Mm -hmm. is, that, is that what you call them over there? Yeah, it's North like, North? I think we usually would just call it a fondo, but it's about the same thing. Yeah, it's a, it's a non-competitive um, ride, effectively. That doesn't stop them being quite competitive, obviously. Um, <laughs> And I, yeah, I did a couple, I did, I, I, I tried to do a few each year. Um, so, but what I've said this year is I spent um, quite a lot of time traveling up and down Britain to go. I went up to Yorkshire to do one, I went to Pembrokeshire to do one. And these are in British terms, quite long distances. Um, I thought I'm gonna try do more local ones this coming year. And maybe do more of them, uh, and do less on the indoor stuff. So I hope oh, I might continue to do the, um, the stampede, but probably that will be all I do in indoors. Um, nice. We're quite lucky where, where I live in that the roads are, the roads are pretty good for cycling. We don't we don't. Uh, run the risk of, uh, of death when we, we go out the front door, um, which I think 
one or two people probably feel uh, feel that they run <laughs> run a lot of risk riding on the roads. Yeah, I think there depends on what part of the world. Like, well, Case is in the Netherlands. He's in the like cycling capital of the world, maybe. Yeah, but I know around here you run into some guys and they're jacked up pickup trucks and some other nonsense that makes it less than pleasant sometimes. Yeah. We got those same guys down here too. Yeah. Good. Case, you got any other questions or anything you want to talk about? Well, um, uh, I'm wondering uh, what, what the reason is, Alan, why you are so into time trialing. <laughs> Um, uh, that's a good question. I don't know. It probably, probably my mindset. I think I, I, I'm a competitive. I am a reasonably competitive person. Um, but the person I'm probably most competitive with is me. Um, and I always want to go a bit quicker. Um, you know, a bit fast, a bit harder, something. And I've got a whole pile of spreadsheet. I've got a spreadsheet with all of my bike rides since 2010 on it, with all the distances and the all, all the climbing I've done. Um, and it breaks it down. I'm just a bit of a nerd. And I've got another spreadsheet with all of my TT times on. <laughs> and I'm always trying to beat myself. Um, it's, I don't know, I, I, I think I probably got it from my mum. She was uh, inc you know, incredibly into uh, the physical side of the of what she did and uh, she, she used to do stupid things like hanging off upside down off wall bars doing sit-ups and um i i sort of got a little bit of that from her i think that i just want to do i want to given given my my age as well i i want to um i want to prove that i'm you know <laughs> yeah. i can still get out there even even when my legs are falling off that i can still ride yeah, so basically you're uh, more challenging yourself than yeah. challenging uh, competitors. I don't don't get me wrong. I, I love beating other people as well, but, but my, probably myself most of all. Yeah. yeah. Anyone yeah. who's ever beat you before, when you finish your photo, feels awfully good. <laughs> it's it's interesting on this call. I mean, when I, when I look on Swift Power. Two of the people in my nemesis list are actually on this call. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because we've ridden so many races together, Alan. Especially like I mean, when we ride like stuff like ZRL, like we're on the same team, but then we show up in the same races, so then we end up in those lists all the time. But I want, I want, I want you on the victims list, Brent. <laughs> Let's go! I love it. I'll, I'll race your TTs all winter. It'll be so much fun. Hey, you got any other questions, Chris? Anything else you want to talk about? Uh, no, I just really enjoyed having you on here, Alan. After riding with you several times for the with the Shetlands now, and 
seeing you in and out of all these these stampede races you kicked my butt in uh in hcc so i've got some work to do to catch up to you but uh, uh I, yeah I, I think one thing I was, one thing about zrl that i've learned uh i think because i was too timid almost to sprint in my first season i tweaked with the scoring system as it is at the moment you may as well sprint and if you blow up the penalties for finishing in 40th as opposed to 20th is only a few points. But you, might, small, yeah. you might pick up more points in the sprint. Um, and I, I, you know, I, I'd, I'd say that I've learned that partly off Chris. You know, blow up. Riding, <laughs> riding with him and seeing him. <laughs> I, I, I was... I was gobsmacked when we went the first uh, the first time this last last season first time up um, uh, up Titans Grove. Um, first probably right. Uh, <laughs> first of many. Well, well, I set a PB up there, and Chris went up there about twenty seconds quicker than me, and uh, he then blew up, and uh, <laughs> but. Got like thirty points for doing it, and I sort of like, hang on, I'm I'm gonna not get any sprint points, and I'm gonna end up with twenty points at the end for finishing. And uh, so I, I I figured at that point I'd got it wrong, and it was worth worth going for the sprints. Yeah, that was the climber's gambit route, and so I circled that with every intention of just packing it in on what was that epic reverse that we had to go up at the end. Yeah. So I just- went backwards on that <clears throat> but yeah that's why i love zrl it's you 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 bring your talents and we all kind of jigsaw them together and figure out a way to do our best and even if we don't do that we're at least having fun together so yeah and and, and you learn it's the thing you learn how to race and it's it's really really good yeah. so hopefully you'll join us i think next week is the ttt right we could use that could use your 20 minute power there to pull us all on. I I said I I might be available for TCT. All right. (laughs) We're going to hold you to that. I don't want to do two and two hours again. So let's, uh, why don't you show up and I'll just go. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think with that, we will say thank you to Case Arrange. Thank you to Christopher Greenland. Thank you to our special guest, Alan Richardson, for joining us for Traversations. Enjoy your races this weekend, everybody, and moo and good night. Good night.